Welcome to Unmasked Nuggets. This is a short form format where we just look at a few questions that can give you direct value in a very quick way. Today, our guest is Paul Whedon, and we're going to be talking about how to produce content, how to consciously work with technology, and Paul's views on the future of video communication. Enjoy. Paul, I think you do amazing content, especially on LinkedIn. What do you think is the, the magic which makes it different in a communication? Uh, well, firstly, it's very nice of you to say that you type my content. Um, I post two or three times a week, and they are thoughts that I have. I always have an old school list of ideas for content that I'm going to record. And then when I go out for a walk, most of my content is recorded as I'm walking along the coast where I live. I'll just sometimes turn my camera on, get my notes out and run through short 45 to 60 second versions of those thoughts and ideas. And the key is just to talk as if you're talking to another individual because the other person might not be present there with you. But of course, the person watching is just a person sat on their own. So if you can relate it to a one-on-one -on -one conversation as you're walking along or sat down, whatever is comfortable to you, then you talk naturally. It is received naturally. And that is how you get engagement. Be yourself. It's just a conversation and realize that you are allowed to make mistakes just like in a normal conversation. And when you accept that you're allowed to make mistakes, you'll almost certainly find that you make a lot less. People who work in sales know that active listening and answering to people is a, a very important thing because you show that you're listening and you're showing respect to it. And however, in a video call, I've realized it's very different because you hear a lot of ums and ah, and people are on mute. Is there a way which you would say, uh, we need to look out for that the communication is positive for everybody in the, who's in the video call? Okay. Firstly, if you want to show that you're listening because that's something that's done very, very badly on video calls. One, look down the camera. I'm looking straight down the camera right now. The temptation to show that you're listening is to stare at somebody on the screen and really show that you're listening. But of course, this doesn't look to them like you're listening. So you have to go against your instinct. Human instinct is to look at a face. Go against your instinct and look down the camera. It will take practice. But the difference you can tell now, huge. The other thing you need to do if you want to show that you're listening is get rid of all the technology around you. How many times do you sit there on a video call and have pop-ups coming on? If you, mid-video call, check a message on the corner of your screen like this, or even worse, do this on your phone, no matter how subtle or clever you think you are being, 100% of the time the other person will notice. So if you want to show that you're listening, Get rid of all the technology, get rid of all the alerts, just like you would do if you are sat there in person with someone. You wouldn't have beeps and bleeps going on around you. It would just be you and the person, and you'd look them in the eye. So you need to mimic that relationship from in person. In terms of looking out for whether the other person is listening, I think the key thing is their body language. Are they drifting off? Obviously, their eyes going, you'll see. But are they physically turning away. You'll see this a lot. Are they physically going into something like this? They're all classic body language signs. And if you feel someone is going off, the key way to get them back is by doing this. The silence will panic them. They'll come back to you straight away 
every single time. That's how you make sure if you think they're gone, you bring them back and get them listening again. With your experience communicating through the screens, what do you think has changed in the last years? And where do you think the world is going to? If we're thinking augmented reality, we're thinking all kinds of technology advancements. What do you think is the, the key which has been and will stay? Okay, three years ago, everyone jumped onto mass video calls and everybody hit a level of readable competency. I say that slightly disparagingly, but the general consensus within organizations is that a reasonable level of competency was reached fairly quickly. It's stagnated. So I don't think we've seen that much change over the last three years. There are certain companies that have improved because they thought about trading and investment and improving communications via video. But most companies haven't given it a second thought and the standard is low and the bar is very low. And the terrifying thing is that they now think that this low bar is good enough. So I think the bar is far too low if you wanted to feel like a human to human interaction, which absolutely can be achieved via this. You can make sure that it feels as good on screen, as human on screen as it does in person. So that's the first thing. In terms of where it can go, a couple of very large organizations who I've worked over the last few years have experimented with VR headsets. One of those organizations, I'm not going to mention the name, it would be unprofessional of me, but one organization sent out thousands of VR headsets to their teams to be able to communicate with each other in virtual meeting rooms. 99.9% .9 of people have those VR goggles in a box on the floor, not used. Because it's just not there yet. It feels clunky, feels virtual, and it feels emotional that you're even further apart than most people do via this medium. So that VR interaction isn't there yet. Everything I've seen, I've kind of gone, whoa, this is miles off. In 10 years from now, will we all have some sort of goggles, specs on as a form of interaction? I'm almost certain yes, but I think it's much further off than a lot of people believe it is. Now, no, in five, more likely 10 years from now, I think we'll be interacting in some form of virtual environment. Paul, now I've got kids. How do I bring up my kids in this virtual world to make sure they're going to be good and strong communicators? That's an excellent question, one I've never been asked before. I also have a daughter. She's two, so maybe she's not quite ready yet for video calls. But having said that, if I want to have a conversation with family members that live hundreds of thousands of miles away, we will do it on a video call. So she's certainly learning that skill now. I suppose if I am having a video call with family members who live wherever they are in the world, I will think about the lighting. I will think about um, the angle. I will make sure they can see my daughter as well as possible. So there's an element of them learning through that. But also I think for the next generation, if you're 14, 15, 16, let's be honest, your college interviews, your university interviews, your first job interviews, your first and second probably interviews are almost certainly going to be via video. In fact, I speak at a lot of schools events this Friday. I'm at school all day speaking to groups between 14 and 16 years old about how to get yourself prepared emotionally for interviews via this medium. So I think there's some basic training that needs to be handed out there because you've got a generation 10, 11, up to 16 years old who 
thing they can use video, Snapchat, TikTok, or whatever else they're recording on. But actually doing that in a professional environment is very different to just putting things out there for fun on socials. So that bridge between how you use video in that social media fun environment to professional is one that they need to learn. And maybe a final question, and that comes to video calls. We can switch it off. We're in our house. We turn around. We're somewhere else. When we're in real life, we communicate all the time. And it has a very different kind of strenuous attentions which we put to it and um what's your best tip in order to kind of zone out as well to do something else when you just feel like you can't take it anymore okay the, the key is what you do between video calls because what tends to happen is this particularly on a back-to-back day so we've all had days where we've done back-to-back video meetings happens more or less for different individuals then what happens you finish the call and what's the first thing everyone does they look at more technology. They look at something else on the technology in front of them, or they pick this up. And everyone goes, oh, video calls are so tiring. It's not the video call that's tiring. It's the volume of technology that's tiring. So if I've just done a lot of video calls or a video call that's required a high level of concentration, that's not because of the video calls, because the conversation required a high level of concentration. At the end of the video call, I will get up and walk around and look at something else, even if it's just for 10 seconds. I understand the reality of everyone being busy, but 10 seconds away from the screen, 10 seconds moving, 10 seconds standing up, 10 seconds taking a few deep breaths, that makes all the difference in the world. If you can take that 10 seconds and make it 30 or 60 or two minutes, that of course depends on your circumstance. But that mini break away from technology, that's what's making you tired of the video calls is absolutely the key for me. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. If you haven't done so, I would ask you for a little favor, and that is please hit that subscribe button now. I wish you a great week and see you on the next episode of Unmasked.